The Quick Smart Comedy Show was originally broadcast on SoundArt Radio. For more programming, visit soundartradio.org. Coming up on today's show, trials, tribulations, a familiar face rears his ugly head, and David and James face the wrath of the Broadcasting Ombudsman. Welcome to the wonderful world of the quick smile. Comedy show with friends and guests, stuff, things. It's the quick, smart comedy show. Let's meet your hosts, David and James. Oh, oh boy, have I got a headache. Oh, my poor brain. Oh, oh who's that? Uh, who's that? Hello? Uh, yeah. uh, my name's James. Okay, hello James. Uh, my name's Dave. Sorry, you kidnapped me. Who Look, am I talking what? to? Sorry, no, no, I haven't. I've just woken up in this room. I was. Hold on a second. I recognise that voice. Dave, is that you? Yes, yeah, Dave. Sorry, how? Yeah, Dave. This is James. James. Do I know a James? Dave, why have you kidnapped me? What's going on? Why have you put me in a dark room? Why have you tied me up? Oh, the kidnapping. No, that wasn't me, James. I'm also tied to a chair here. I've also been a victim of the big K. A couple of guys, a couple of former friends, just tied to a chair. I think. Um... Sparks will fly. Memories will come back. Fl- memories will come flooding back. Hold on, Dave. What? What? What's this? What, is it, what am I feeling in front of my face? It feels like a, a kind of microphone kind of microphone. You got a microphone in front of you. Right. I thought your hands were tied behind your back. Well, I've been hitting it against my head. Look. Oh, you can't look. I can't see you anything. Can hit, it's, smell sorry. it. Smell it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that does really smell like forehead. Have you got? Have you got one? Um, let me test. I'll just um... breathe heavily. <sighs> Yeah, I can really feel the um, the the breath bouncing back of what I can only presume is a microphone. Well, that's weird. Why would someone have two non-broadcasting microphones placed in front of our faces? Maybe they're trying to get us back on the air, David. Hello and welcome to the Quick Smart Comedy Show on Sound Art Radio with me, Dave. Alongside me is James. Hello. Well, well, we're back now and uh, back on the air, obviously broadcasting to the surrounding area and all around the world on the internet, James. I've had so much to say over the last few months that I haven't been able to get out and I'm just bursting to say so many things. James, have you got anything to add? Yeah, i got a new segment, Dave, coming up. It's just, uh, I had to think of it on the spot, obviously, but it's called How Dark Is That Spot? You can't really see it because it's so dark, but it's a black spot that I presume is on the floor over there. Now, how how dark is that black spot? Because you got to think, David, it, the colour black isn't always black. But then you've also got the absence of light that is what we are being surrounded by. So what is black? What is colour? What is existence? What is the Quick Smart Comedy Show on Sound Art Radio? Because it is back. Back in black. Surprisingly, David, I haven't actually seen you since we unfortunately lost our jobs at the B&B um, due to no fault of my own. We went our separate ways, didn't we? We did. That's right. Uh, job lost. Mm-hmm. Some would say a friendship lost, as well, we haven't seen each other for a long time. That's correct. Absolutely. And that is the sort of emotion, James, that I've been trying to really latch onto in my uh, my job that I got recently as really? a replacement to working at the B&B. Uh, I have become a poet. Really? I have. You see, I, I, I was following my artistic dream of perhaps being a some sort of bohemian artist. That's interesting, because... I have never heard you talk about being a bohemian artist. Well, it was basically, yeah, it was sort of because I lost my job and I sort of basically lost all my possessions anyway and I had no clothes and no food and no prospects. And then I got a job with a large multinational corporation. Oh, really? Uh, Yeah, really channeling my artistic spirit. Oh, good. For money, obviously. They told me exactly what to do and then I came up with it very very bland and lifeless. Um, <laughs> very of, organic, though. Yeah, oh, orga- yeah, really organic. The process is definitely organic when you sell out. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, the, yeah, all these things really came to me at the exact moment that um, you needed it to. I needed it to yeah. for money. Once they had said, this is what we want. Exactly, yeah. Once yeah. they gave me some very limited parameters, I came up with this great, uh, these great pieces of work. I could just maybe read you a poem. Do you know them off by heart, do you? Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. These, I poured my heart and soul into these. Okay. And um, I've got a big soul, my friend. 
And I think that really shines through in the in the poems. Right. Okay. Well. Um, well, maybe it's time for a new segment on the radio show, David. Um, this is David's poetry showcase. No one ever told us when we were little that before we know it, we'd be old and brittle. From popping a wheelie to struggling with stairs, taking hours to get ready to losing our hair. If time's taught me one thing, you can't turn its tide. That's why I bank my money with Nationwide. Oh, okay, Dave. The first thing I noticed was the strange London accent that you were putting on. Yeah, I was doing poetry. Right, okay. And I, I, if I'm honest, I don't really know that much about poetry. Is that something that you have to do? Is that one of the rules? Yeah, the best poetry is you write about not really stuff you know, but mm-hmm. stuff that people want you to write about. And then when you're reading it out, you sort of put on an accent. So it makes it sound like you haven't had a formal education, but that really all of your inspiration and your talent is coming from within. It's natural. And also that includes something about bank. Yeah, and then you just say nationwide at the end. And, and is that the company that you're working for? No. No. I'm working for a small independent consultancy which provides poetry to banking and other financial institutions. So we're working on the new Lloyd's TSB advert at the moment, for example. Okay. Have you got something for that, have you? Uh, not really. It's um, They just said, right, something about a horse. And have you? Or Yeah. The horse is bran. It's got black hair. Our interest rates, they are fair. Lloyd's TSB. It's actually quite, it's a bit of a coincidence, really, David. I, hmm? If I'm honest, I didn't, I had no idea that you're doing that because I'm actually doing something very similar to you. What I've been doing for very little money All right. is I've been creating the kind of sad, melodic music that you hear in the backgrounds of the bank adverts. What I've done is I've taken pop songs that you, we all know and love. Right. And I've slowed them down to the point of being nothing but annoying. For instance, if you hear Grease slow down, you're thinking, hold on. Oh, yeah. But imagine that in a sad Scottish accent. Oh, we've got some perfume now. So I'll play you some here, David. I'll just activate my phone here. Uh, Siri, play song one. Gangnam style whoop, whoop, whoop. So that's just an example of what I do, David, you know. I actually wanted to talk to you briefly about um the kind of do do, do you get paid for the thing you do? Uh in a way. Because I was I wasn't too sure when I was Right. So you haven't was, been paid yet? No. Well what they said was we can open as many current accounts as you want, but right. we won't pay you. Well, that's exactly what happened to me. Is it? Yeah, exactly. Every time I write a poem, they'd open a new, um, either a new current account or ISA. Another poem? Yeah, no, not really. That feeling you get when you open the exam paper after nights of not studying and listening to Lincoln Park. That smell of the head and the hair and the nose of that newborn baby. From receiving that promotion at work to the first lick of that ice cream cone. All of these feelings you feel inside, they amount to a lot. But nothing compares to that feeling of opening a new current account. Nationwide. Yeah, that one was really aimed at the nationwide. Like, the other one, at least, was just kind of, it was just kind of tagged on. You could kind of get rid of it. But that, that was all just built up to say nothing in life is as good as a current account. Yeah, exactly. Like, I, I, can I, say, I can say this for sure, Dave, but I've got 22 of them. There's a lot better than current accounts out there. Well, yeah, obviously, I'd then end it with nationwide. Have some food. Obviously, <laughs> reminding the customers they obviously need to eat in order to uh, respire. It sounds like these, I think, you know, maybe it is best that Beth, the intern, has taken over the radio show. Not much you can really do vis-a-vis comedy if you're just in a dark room. You're um, joking, aren't you? There's loads I could do. I'm not joking, David, and that's the problem. Had you, had you heard the new show, David? No, um, I refuse to hear any transmissions now from Sound Art Radio. <laughs> Do you hear that, David? It sounds like a door opening. That looks like a, a large figure approaching us. Stand your ground, David. Oh, can't stand. I'm tied to a chair. Sit your ground, David. Sitting. I'm sitting. Will you two be quiet? Who said that? Who who, who are you? You don't recognise my voice. To be fair, I didn't recognise Dave's voice earlier, and I've known him for about 15 years. So, a man or woman walking into a room saying, do you know me? I'm a black hooded figure in a black room. 
There's not much chance of us knowing, is there? Absolutely, James. Your logic is impeccable. Mars figure, what do you say to that? You have been brought to the Ofcom Interrogation Centre for a second time. Hold on, David, the old brain's ticking over. I'm, I'm thinking, I'm thinking, I'm thinking, I'm re remembering. Memories are becoming formed visions in the head. I think this is Justin Kaserak, Ofcom informant and our worst nightmare. I am an Ofcom quality assurance officer, you fool! Justin Kaserak. you may recall, 12 months ago you were brought here for an interrogation. Do you remember? I remember something happening. I, I wasn't sure exactly what. Yeah, I remember we were told, yeah, maybe like improve the show. Yeah, uh, something about being better people. No, or was it? Radio. No, yeah, radio. Radio. It was about the radio. That's right. Yeah. yeah. I laid down some bylaws that you had to adhere to. Did you not take the laminated sheet of bylaws I gave you? Have you not been studying them night after night after night to get them into your brain to improve the broadcasting quality of your show? We don't actually have a show anymore, so it's not- Shut up! I do not want to hear any more excuses. Let's get down to brass tacks. Down to the wire, I agree. Let's go. I am going to review the last 12 months of your radio show to see if you've been adhering to the bylaws I laid down. If you have, then all's well and good. You can leave this room and you can go back to quality broadcasting. However, if you have failed to adhere to the laws laid down by me, then you shall be punished with all the might of Ofcom. All right. Spoiler alert. Let the adjudication commence. Sorry, Justin. If we could just hold you there, hold hold you to your word there, Justin. I'm just going to pause it. Uh, I had a, gr a little great idea for a bit of a business venture, David. Oh, I'm always interested in a little uh, little uh, dabble in the commercial world, James. I was thinking we could. I I could lay down the keys to one of your beat poems, and we could kind of form some sort of band. You've piqued my interest, James. Why, why Siri. <laughs> I want to make you sweat If you hit me at 40, there's an 80% chance I'll die If you hit me at 30, there's an 80% chance I'll live Nationwide I, I'm pretty sure that's the uh, advert about speed and speeding. And yeah, to, you really speedily have to set up a nationwide current account. What I mean is, David, I think you've taken the words there uh, from another advert and you just put them onto a nationwide advert. Word for word, actually. And the statistics there about speeding and everything, 40 miles an hour, you don't, nothing to do with banking, really, is it? No, that means if you um, if you hit me at 40% interest. Yeah, there's an 80% chance I'll just die of shock. I will now examine Exhibit A. Let me just pop in this tape. Can you put the lights on? Is that is, is that all right with you? Like I don't I don't mind going through this like mock trial again, but we at least do it in the same lovely conditions as last time, where we at least get to see each other's face. I have two words for you: budget cuts. Oh really? Is it that bad? Is it what you can't even afford the electricity anymore? You can't put a light bulb on. Don't be stupid, we've got electricity, how else would we work? No, we've had to fire the cleaning staff. The office is a mess, therefore the only way we can prevent visitors from seeing the disgusting mess that the place is in is to turn the lights off so everyone's in darkness. Well, best keep them off then, yeah. Have you upgraded to a CD maybe this year or what? No, we can't afford CD players either, we're still using tapes! It's a bugger to find them in the dark! Well, let's hope you play that and not the Spice Girls. Let's crack on with the show, David. This is one of the, the key segments I was going to do, but as we are here, um, let's do um, bad haircuts. Bad 
welcome to Bad Haircuts with your host, James, and the guest, uh, unfortunately, well, not unfortunately, David, it's lovely that you're here joining mm. me. You know, the guests that I had lined up aren't actually here. They're downstairs. We were going to talk about some lovely haircuts they had. Right. Um, so we're going to actually talk about a haircut that you've got today. Sorry, no, but this is Bad Haircuts. Yeah. No, so I can't, I, I can't be the guest. Well, there's no one else here, unfortunately. Oh, okay. It's not, it's not necessarily a bad haircut, David, but we will be talking about a bad haircut. Does that make sense? Not really, but I'll see as the show goes on, or okay. the segment well, goes on. Okay, that's, that's fair enough. So let's talk about your bad haircut. Oh, the one I had when I was sort of seven years old. Hmm, yeah. I think it's the same haircut, but uh, we're going to talk about the current haircut that you've got that I gave you. Now, if you remember, there's a bit of history to this haircut, listeners. We were getting very drunk. And I said to David, you know what? You could really do with a haircut. And for whatever reason, David, I don't know why, but you agreed to me cutting your hair. Yeah, the weird thing is, though, as well, is I wasn't drinking, so uh, I'm not a big drinker, so I was actually totally sober, and you were really drunk. But for some reason, I just said, yeah, that's a great idea. And then I went and got you the, the yeah. biggest pair of scissors I could find from the garden shed. Well, the funny thing was, David, because they weren't even scissors, were they? Like shears, weren't they? Yeah, pretty and much. I'm, and they were right-handed, too, and I'm left-handed, so I couldn't even get a grip on your hair. So I was just ripping it out. Yeah, it, was, yeah. it really hurt. Yeah, it's weird as well. Yeah, yeah. Wow, weird day that was. That was a weird day. Yeah, but um, I, I guess now is as good a time as any to actually show you the haircut because we've not been giving you any access to a mirror for the last four months. Oh, is that why for this? Yeah, segment? and just it grew back into a, a kind of a length that would make you know the appearance that you're human at least. Because oh. unfortunately, and this is. I guess it's down to the barber, which in this case was me. You were looking like a shoe. Right. I don't quite know what that means. You had what I consider... A leathery um, head? Yeah, it was very leathery from all the kind of the pulling of the, the hair. Right. But also the strands that were left were a bit like shoelaces. It's a bit like Homer Simpson's haircut, but with kind of crossing over just in the middle. Okay. Yeah. And then what? that was on the top. So if, if you look down, it's like, oh, I've got a buck on my shoe here. And then on the side, we had a kind of like, um, I say we. You tattooed the word Reebok on the side of my head, didn't you? <laughs> well, I tried to anyway, but that turned into a right mess. And what, oh. it, what it actually looked like, it looked like um, a tire print. Oh, okay. So people were thought you'd been run over. Oh. Um, so that's why you got so many weird looks at that. Oh, point. yeah, I just thought they just recognised me from the show. The, the radio show? The radio show, yeah, yeah. They just heard me talking in the street. They thought, oh, is that David McGuire's my comedy show? And they just had a little look and yeah. then um, really screwed up their face in an excruciating yeah. sort of Yeah, expression. That's, that's not what happened at all. Oh. No, what, well, so here's the mirror, David. Uh, you, we just kind of look in this kind of puddle that you've got here as a reflection. What do you think? Ugh. Yeah, exactly. See, that's the kind of, yeah, that's the reaction that, yeah. Oh, I see, yeah. I saw in the mirror, that's the same expression all those people were pulling when they Absolutely, used to see me. yeah. So, unfortunate, uh, but, you know, these things happen. Um, yeah. And all I can say is next time, I will drink maybe slightly less or more, depending on what your feelings are. I reckon next time, maybe, I reckon we'll do it exactly the same way. But rather than giving you that large pair of sort of uh, kitchen shears, yeah. uh, we'll just maybe get you just a Stanley knife. You can just really go to town on it. Right, well, let's go to another segment, David, called Good Haircuts. to Good Haircuts. Uh, today on today's show is me, your host James, and alongside me is my guest David. How are you doing David? Hello, um, I'm, I'm doing well. The only thing is I'm slightly confused that I'm the same guest who was just yeah. on Bad Haircuts, but mm -hmm. it's now Good Haircuts. Yeah, well today on today's show what we're going to be talking about is um, a good haircut. That, now, that doesn't necessarily mean you just because you're the guest. Oh okay. We're just going to be talking about a good haircut. Right. We're going to be talking about my haircut. Now I don't know if you can tell but I've gone for a kind of shave to the sides but with a kind of crest shaped in the middle. Um, I call it the uh, the forwarder, as everything's kind of pulled forward right. um, to an extent that it almost looks like it's it's by accident, but it's very deliberate. Right, okay. I've heard you call it the sort of forwarder before, yeah. and I thought it was because you looked like you'd been run over by a Ford Fiesta. Right. I thought that's why it was called that. No, no, not at all. No, no. That's not what I was going for, no. Yeah. What, what's your reaction, David, from a, from a good haircut to a bad haircut? What, 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 what are you feeling? I'm thinking... Because you did your own hair as well, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, that's right, yeah. J just after you sort of done my hair. Yeah, that's right. You were in the same sort of intoxicated yeah. state. Absolutely, yeah. Well, I couldn't use the shears because they had been blunted by me trying to force it. So oh. with mine, what I did was I just kind of accidentally, I fell asleep on a um, shoe buffer. Oh, right. <laughs> An electric shoe buffer that was um, in the house. Oh, okay. 
Yeah, that explains that's, all the scarring, doesn't yeah, it? That's yeah, really, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think it's just a bit naive to think that um, once you'd obviously created this pretty poor haircut <laughs> on top of my head, that in the same state of intoxication, you could, with even less appropriate equipment, yeah. uh, create a good haircut. But what I think the difference, the key difference is, David, what I've done for the last four months as we had these haircuts, yeah. is I've tried to convince myself that this isn't a disaster. Oh, okay. And I think that's the key difference in the two haircuts, you know. This is confidence, mm. a good haircut. Yeah. This is a mess. This is a human garbage can. This is a bad haircut. In my defense, you haven't let me look in the mirror for the past four months. I know, because I think it would just destroy your self-esteem. Well, yeah, it has done that. (sighs) So that's been good haircuts. So um, that's good, isn't it? Yeah. um, Yeah, it's good. Great section. That was the single worst piece of broadcasting I've ever heard. I thought it was pretty snappy, actually, Justin. There was good haircuts, there was bad haircuts. I mean, what else did you want? Uh, it was David and James at their best, just talking about what they talk about best. Nothing in particular. That's my point. Where are the guests? Where's the local community interest? Where's anything that anyone would care about? If I remember correctly, now back me up if I'm right, David, and put me down if I'm wrong, but I believe we had been locked out of the station and we were in an attic or something, or we were, like, peering in through a spy hole... The details are hazy, but what I do remember is we were lonely soldiers. Your memory serves you correct, James. Uh, I believe we were hidden in the attic at the time, locked away. This is what people want to hear, you know. They do not want to hear about your haircuts. They can't, they can't even see your heads on the radio. So straight away, you are breaching Ofcom's guidance. You need guests on the show to have an interesting community radio experience. Well, true that. I think we've proved that time and time again. You know, we need other people. That we do, Justin. But if I can just point out a flaw in that guideline, whenever we invite anyone onto the show, it usually ends up with some sort of destruction, maybe death. So that's why we try and, you know, maybe keep the guests to a minimum. If it's just me and James, generally, we're unlikely to attack each other. I'll pass that on to the Ofcom Tribunal, shall I? This brings me neatly on to Exhibit B. Let me find the tape. Do you need a minute, or...? Yes! It's in this box somewhere. It's the one with the slightly cracked edge, two millimetres in. Well, yeah, otherwise how would you find it, obviously? Well, exactly. I have to break every tape in a slightly different way so that I can identify it at a later date. Rather than getting a torch. We can't afford torches at Ofcom! The cleanest of them. Ah! Cracked tape. Exhibit a B. No, that, 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 no, that, that, that's the, uh, the start of Come On Eileen by the, by Dexter's Midnight Runners. Oh, yes, it's the B-side I'm looking for. There you go. It's down to, what, 30 foot now? Come on, Gary, keep eating! I can't, I'm getting pretty full, guys, I'm getting pretty full. Come on, Gary, you've only got 30 foot of protein-shaped monster left to eat. I'm pretty, uh, guys, I don't think I can do it. David, there's a kind of... Light forming around him. There's almost a halo around your head, Gary. What's going on? Gary, what's going on? I've heard of this before. I believe I'm being turned into a being of pure light. 100% protein. Why would that turn you into light? Why doesn't that just turn you into a big muscle, Gary? I don't know the rules. Fair enough. (laughs) Who does? Who can we quiz? James, look. He's becoming almost... He's turning into what I could only describe as a cube of muscle. His legs are expanding, his neck is expanding, and he's glowing! Dave, he looks like a, some sort of massive, man-sized, digestive muscle. He does, and look! He's eating even faster than before! Oh, guys, I'm gonna do it. I'm, I'm turning into something, I'm doing it. Oh, I'm doing it. I've done it. James, look, he's transmogrifying! I am now 100% protein and am an interdimensional being of pure life. I must go now to Jerusalem. Fire off, David. He's transcending this mortal plane. I think that is the greatest thing I've ever seen. Yeah, well, I missed it. Sorry, what? I was just doing my shoe up. What happened? What? what? He, he ate the entire monster, he turned into one gigantic 100% protein digestive muscle, turned into a being of pure light, transcended this earth and has yeah. gone off into the atmosphere. Oh, that sounds good. I know. 
Did you, did you film it? Oh, I didn't know. Oh. oh. That's a shame. That would have been good. From the protein shake, now it's time to celebrate. Gary, Gary, flew up into outer space, helped the town with his good grace. Gary, we thank you, Gary. Gary, saved us from a life of fear, now he runs the stratosphere. Gary, Gary. Now he shed his earthly form, our food saviour has been reborn Gary Gary Gary, I forgot about him. Yeah. This is exactly the sort of thing that Ofcom deplores. You have broken two bylaws that I laid down. Not only has someone on your show partaken in interdimensional travel, but the show had a zany ending. We want normal endings. Understandable. Clear. Educational. It had none of this! I understand what you're saying, Justin, but to be fair, you know, David by himself cannot control a man turning into a fifth dimensional being made of pure muscle and then, you know, jettisoning it off into space. I mean, how can you get that wreckage back on track? You can't. The best thing we could do was play a song. You could have avoided it by planning the show. We, um... Whatever he says, Justin, I 100% back up. I will die protecting the words that James is about to speak. Say him, player. C compared to other broadcast endings, this wasn't that bad. Well, I could not disagree with you more there, James. That was a pretty slapdash ending. Uh, my heart wasn't in it. I was, uh, my mind was off in other places while we were singing that song, so that's why I was slightly off-key. Um, well, I must agree with you to a point. You have done far worse endings. I would like now to examine Exhibit... C. What are you talking about specifically? Because I feel like this could be a, a trap, David, for any number of uh, radio shows that we've done. Good point, James. I really like it. Dig into the small print. What are you saying, Justin? Well, here's an example of where you did book a guest. Yet, soon enough, the show degenerates into an utter farce. Lives were endangered. The laws of physics were defied. The listeners were bored. Again. Really be specific. I am talking about Stephen Nine. Oh, Stephen Nine, you say? Exhibit C. In the distance there. You just hear the idling of a motorbike. That's because Stephen Nine has hopped aboard. That's right, David. He's on his motorbike now. I can describe it. He's on a bike. You've seen a bike before, so. I'd probably say that's an 80cc dirt bike. Yeah, you would say that because he said that, he said that earlier. So. He did, yeah, and I know about motorbikes. Do you? Yeah, oh, loads. Name four. Um, Kawasaki. Yep. Honda. Yep. Harley Davidson. Yep. Oh, I only know three. Uh, you've, you've caught me out. I know nothing yeah. about motorbikes. Well, you caught me out because I didn't know anything either, so I was just saying, yep, so. <laughs> okay. Well, no, I caught myself out because I could have caught Oh. Oh. It's all gone wrong. Well, well, at least Stephen is going to do something epic in a yeah, minute. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Uh, the, most people don't know this about Sound Art Radio, David, but uh, why don't you tell them what's uh, unique about the station? Yeah, I'm not sure if we mentioned this before, but the Sound Art Radio station is home to the world's largest corridor. Largest? I would say longest. Interesting. There was a debate um, at the Guinness Book of Records. There was, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah they debated, yeah, do they put longest, do they put largest? Yeah, what, what, what did they go for? Um, I think they just didn't put it in in the end. Oh, yeah, well, they wouldn't, would they? Yeah, I know. No, oh. no they wouldn't, no. That's why a drop of Guinness has not touched these lips since, James. But anyway. Yeah, well, we're setting up the ramp, aren't we? So. Yeah, he's basically, it's going to be a simple trick. He's just going to come down the corridor, up the ramp, and then down the ramp the other side, but you set uh, yeah. just down the corridor. There's no space between the ramp up and down. It's a very simple trick. Nothing should go wrong. I wouldn't have thought so. Um, so, yeah, waiting for our cue, basically. Uh, yeah, oh, you, you guys get, oh, you guys are still here. Yeah, sorry, it's... 
Sorry guys, yeah, just to catch your eye on, yeah, it's me, Paul McCartney again from earlier, you know, you know Paul McCartney, right, yeah, I think I'm famous enough now that I don't need to say my name, but I do anyway, yeah, it's quite odd. Anyway, yeah, you guys know me, right? You, uh, I'm looking for, sorry guys, I'm actually really looking for like a verbal, uh, you know, um, c- confirmation, so if you could just say yeah, that'd be great, yeah. Yeah, I have heard of you, Paul McCartney. Yeah, we have yes. heard of you, yes. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, well, I've just come back. Yeah, it's actually at the... 7 p.m. is actually the end of the working day, you know. So uh, if you guys could just wrap up what, you, what you're doing, you know, we're already going to get down to some karaoke. We're just about to do a sort of stunt. I think it's a bit more interesting than karaoke. I'm not. Oh, big... sorry. You guys doing one of your, your reckless endings that you kind of do every month. This is not reckless. We've got a trained stuntman who's going to do a very simple stunt. There's yeah, nothing reckless, reckless about this. Yeah, it's quite reckless. Yeah, usually someone gets hurt, someone gets killed. Yeah, so something happens that's pretty bad. So if you guys could maybe uh, not do a, you know, a death-defying stunt, that would be great. Because the crowd's about to turn up now for the karaoke. You know, they've, they've worked all day, you know. They want to kick back with a couple of beers, a couple of brewskis, and you know, relax. So absolutely don't do the thing you're going to do. You bring quite a crowd with you, Paul, with the with the karaoke i'll give you that i'll give you that paul yeah you bring quite a crowd i think steven will be pleased with the turnout wait it's not for him so he probably wouldn't be yeah he doesn't know though does he it's great to see such a big crowd turn out for me steven nine i will now wow them and dazzle them with my motorbike skills here goes Uh, i think the the stunt's about to happen actually paul maybe you want to get out of the way Oh, I think now the karaoke's about to start actually. The lights are coming on and everything. What? I can't! I can't see! Oh no! The lights are bright! Steven! I can't see a thing! Steven, you okay, Steve? Ah! Oh. No! I'm not! What's wrong, Steve? Steve, talk to us. Steve, Steve! My legs are injured. I cannot walk. If I'm honest, Steve, I'm really worried about the black hole that's, you know, being encapsulated in the glass capsule. David, if I'm honest, David, thinking about it now, when you said, can you hold that black hole wherever you go, Stephen? I don't want to hold it. It was not a great idea when he was on a dirt bike. Oh, yeah, we should have just taken off him, shouldn't we? Oh, that's what I said earlier. Don't worry, guys. The vial is safe. It's safe, ah. Oh. There will be no black hole today. But what about your legs, Stephen? If you can't use your legs, surely you can't do the stunt later. I am a daredevil. Yeah. I will dare to do a jump with broken legs. Just as I dared to believe in Jeremy Corbyn. Another one, is it? Oh, great. Hey! What do you mean, what am I? Oh, uh, don't worry, it's something we've said earlier. Tell me this, Stephen, though. If you can't use your legs, how are you going to do the stunt? I mean, isn't that a bit dangerous? I know, you, I know you don't like health and safety, but surely this is not a great idea. Basically, I will strap myself to the bike and will do it nonetheless. Sounds like you're going to die, if I'm honest, Stephen. If I'm honest, Stephen, I think you are an absolute hero and a credit to the daredevil world. You deserve a big slap on the back, my friend. No! I've dropped the David, what did you do, David? David! David, you're a bit of a thicky, aren't you, David? Oh no, the black hole is sucking me in. Another failure for Stephen Nine. Let's hope Stephen Ten will have better luck. I fear I'm crossing the event horizon now, chaps. Oh, bugger. Why on earth would you have a stuntman on the radio? David, Hmm? it is not looking good. I feel like every piece of information that we give him is only adding to our demise. I do agree. Are we going to plead the fifth? Are we going to just sit here in silence? And that would make an awful radio show and that would really annoy him. But I'm guessing what you want to do is really annoy him even more. Yeah, could we? Yeah, I think so. Okay, let's, let's just keep going, going like we are then. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think that'll really... He'll be so annoyed, he'll just um, he'll just leave. Well, yeah, absolutely, David, yeah. It does seem to be a bit of a personal attack on us, if I'm honest, James. Oh, yeah. Maybe... Are you honest? Um, Usually, I'm an honest guy. When it suits you. Yeah, whenever it will um, help me, I tell the truth. <laughs> whenever I think, oh, the truth is really going to get me in trouble here, they're really not going to want to hear this, or it'll be a bit embarrassing, I just lie. Right, well, why are you telling the truth now, then, about the uh, the terrible radio show? Um, oh, yeah, I could just lie, couldn't I? Yeah, just lie. No, Justin, I haven't quite been honest with you up until this point. My name is James, and I am the sole presenter of the Quick Smart Comedy Show. And I am willing, Justin, I am willing to take full responsibility for the utter shambles that this radio show has been. The plot thickens. 
Now at this point, can I just ask you a question, Justin? Can you see my face? No, I can't see your face. We're in pitch black. And I was just thinking, you know, I'm, I will testify guilty as charged at a later date. But I remember there are a few things I've got to get straight before, you know, the big trial and my punishment. So if you could just let me go, um, maybe for a day or two, and then I will definitely come back. I'll give you the confession now if you want, Justin. Here it is, word for word. I, James, of the Quick Smart Comedy Show on Sound Art Radio, Radio, did not put in the time. You know, I'd always, uh, I'd always flip off Olaf behind his back when he'd walk out of the room, and just all, all of these things really added up. And I really put, put the pressure on Dave. Um, he did a blinding job of saving the show. He really did. You know, he just effortlessly kept the ship afloat day in, day out, week from week, month from month. Stop trying to blame it all on me. I'm sorry, Justin. I'm James, and this is David. You know that. You've listened to the show, unfortunately, for yourself. Sorry, just talking myself over it, Justin. Sorry, just having a little uh, tete-a-tete with myself. James, shut up. You're ruining my plan. I'm trying to escape by blaming you. That's right, Justin. If you want, I'll come back. Hang me if you want. Execute me. I don't care. But just let me go for one day so I can sort, I can have the, the, the day of rest that I deserve. Yeah, I don't think it's going to work, Dave, just because you've said your name's Dave like a bunch of times and there's two voices and we already know that I'm James. I am James. Just wanted to point out for you, Justin, at this point, my name is David. I am one of the co-hosts. You will find that I, David, I am also part of this mess called the Quick Smart Comedy Show and should be tried and convicted for my crimes. Well, it's good that you've both confessed. But the examination must continue in earnest. I bring you to Exhibit D. I have another example here of just, just noise. And no one knows what's happening. I'm not even sure that you two knew what was happening and you were there witnessing it. Action, explosions, and high-octane drama. But on the radio... No one can see what's happening. You, again, describing any number of shows, Justin. These basic details that would really help us out in our, I guess, not longer defence, but acquittal. That's the point. I can't even tell in this clip where you are. What are you doing? All I know is you're not on Earth. And you are supposed to stay on Earth. Big fan of Earth, are you? Oh, Justin, big earthy over here too. I was also born and raised in your neck of the woods, uh, Earth. So uh, probably we'll have a little bonding session over this. And I expect you'll uh, come over around time and let me go, won't you? Not likely, James. Uh, when I said I was lying before, I when I said I was lying before, but further back, that was a lie that I was saying then. So believe before, believe far before. Then before, don't believe, now believe. I have no idea what you are talking about. Exhibit D. Take on door tracks. You say that, Bob, but you're just kind of standing around in a circle, just slowly moving around, moving around, because you can't shoot everyone because that defense grid. So I think we've got time to speak, if I'm honest. Fair point. Snorlax has gone to try and destabilize the defense grid. So while he's gone, what do you want? Uh, what, what, is, what is this spaceship that we're on? Oh, yeah, yeah. My question was, what is going on? What are we on? <laughs> right. The IFHD have been developing a massive weapon. Right. This spaceship you are on, it's not a star. It's not a moon. Right. This is no moon. This is a space station. We know that. If I was to describe it in one word, yeah. I would call it the Death Star Mark IV. That wow. sounds pretty terrifying. Uh, I'm not clued up that much on Star Wars. You're referencing Star Wars, right? You're referencing Star Wars. Hmm? Yeah. Well, I don't remember there being two I only watch Marvel films. Right. Yeah, I remember there being one. I don't remember there being a two or three. So why are we jumped to four now? No, James, it, it, I think there are. Aren't there three? I don't know. Do, oh, you got, them, you got them there. Uh, we've, got, um, we've got A New Hope. There's one in that. Then obviously there's the one that they rebuild in um, Return of the Jedi. Then of course they've got the one in uh, episode seven. So I guess I've... my main point is that that's fiction as well. Oh, uh, yeah. Not only is it like num numerically, maybe it's wrong, but also it's fiction. Well, well, this Death Star Mark IV is no fiction, I tell you. Oh, I guess that's true because we are on it. So, yeah. Well, I believe it, Bob. I believe it. I'm going to turn the court system onto you, Dortrax. What do you say to the charge of building a Death Star? This is no Death Star, Bob Geldof. This is more of your propaganda twisting. This is is a Dyson Sphere. We have built a space station around this star, and we are harnessing the power of the light in the purest form possible to create healthcare systems to power clean energy 
for our children to build schools. This is a project of peace, Bob Geldof. David saw some documents earlier with Dyson Sphere written all over them. So you can probably tell you exactly what a Dyson Sphere is. No, I just laughed at that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I just discarded that as mere folly and it, that it was nothing interesting. Right, okay. Well, we'll step back then. You keep going, Judge. Sorry. We are going to use the power most of all to cure my race's debilitating disease where we lack vitamin D severely. Right, is that why they call you Dortrax the Pigmented? Yes. What, so what's that's your name? What's your race called then? We are the Dortrax. But that's, that's your name, isn't it? Yes. But that's also your species? Yes. Right, so what's Pigmented? That is my designated rank. <laughs> that sounds very confusing. So you're all called Dortrax the something. Right, does that get confusing? Very. Some would say the Dortrax V is redundant, and we could just have the latter part of the name. So we can just call you Pigmented? No! I'm Dortrax the Pigmented. Okay. I'm Dortrax the Pigmented. My father was Dortrax the Unconcealed. My mother was Dortrax the Grandiose. Right. It's quite a grand name. Yes, she was a very grand woman. Right, okay. Well, um, I guess my next question is, Bob, why do you want to destroy Dyson Sphere? Because it's a Death Star. I've already told you this. Sure, they claim that, you know, they're going to try and cure a disease. They claim that they're going to build schools. They claim that they're going to make clean energy. But what I say you for why now this? Is that a sentence? I, I don't get any of that, Bob. What if they put a gun on the front? Oh, that's true, yeah. What if they do put a gun on the front? Exactly. Right, and have they done that? No. But they could. But they could. Right, okay, I'm with you. Okay, yeah. David, I think he's lost it. I really think I he's lost it. I think the power's his head. Right, door tracks. This is my time. You keep saying right, Bob, like something's gonna happen. Nothing has happened at all. You've just come and you've- I'm mainly stalling for time because Snorlax hasn't got this goddamn defense system down. Right, okay, is that what he's doing, is it? Yeah, that's what he's trying to do. Right, okay. Um, so, unfortunately, the guns aren't working, so I might have to flip, some would say, to plan B. Okay, flip, flip away. Flip it. Right, Mrs. Quaid, please stand forward. She's not speaking, so it's all quite uh, visual. Quite bad for a radio show, but what can you do? She has stepped forward. She's stepping. Oh, there, she, there she goes. Just stepped, yeah. Right, Mrs. Quaid, lower jaw, please open. Opening. Oh, what's that in her mouth? <laughs> That's a weird question to ask me. I don't know. What is in her mouth? Oh, some sort of weird metallic sphere. Bob, what's, Bob, what's that in her mouth, Bob? Sorry. It's called a spirit sphere. Right. I don't know if you've heard of them. No, no, I haven't, no. Right. Do they sound like a Windows operating system activating? Exactly. Right. It is now engaged. Thank you, Mrs. Quaid. Did you use her mandible to turn it on? Yeah. She's logged on. Things are about to go. Right. Mrs. Quaid, engage. Um, I'm watching this happen, Bob, and nothing seems to- oh. oh, David. Something's happening, David. She's opened her mouth wide. A lot of energy is coming out now, David. That is a lot of energy, Bob. That's right. This is harnessing the power of uh, the Dyson Sphere. And it will channel the energy through the Spirit Sphere. Okay. Basically go kaboom. You're gonna blow this place up? I'm gonna blow it up, mate. Just a couple of points, Bob. We're still on the thing. And, um... Yeah, we didn't... Mainly, yeah, we're mainly still on we this, We didn't Bob. discuss the exit strategy, Yeah, the, Bob, Bob the, the, the last bit of us getting away, what's that? What's that? No one's getting away. Right, you're just gonna blow everyone up? No, I'm just gonna blow everyone up. I'm gonna blow me, Snorlax, Mrs. Quaid, Rusty Croods, Ryan Fox, the patent office. Um, they're all going to blow up. It is for the greater good. Sure, we'll die. Sure, the patent office will lose a lot of information. Oh yeah, I imagine they would lose all the information, Bob, because we'll be dead. And so will they be. David, quick, quick question. Um, does that teleporter still have any charge left? The AA battery ran out. What's going on? Um, no, I'm pretty sure the schematic said it was a uh, one use only. Right. Um, oh. Don't worry, boys. They'll put they'll put medals on your graves. What well, graves? There won't be any graves. Well, that's true. Okay, great. Thanks, Bob. Maybe not. So, could you just shut up for a minute, Bob? <laughs> This clip again shows multiple infringements of the Ofcom bylaws. You went to space. You had some zany action. It didn't make any sense. What does going to a Dyson Sphere in space have to do with the local community? Well, um, how can I break this one down for you, Justin? I thought we were just going to a local... Planetarium. I'll have to uh, raise my hand here, uh, Justin, and say it was I that uh, dragged James along to the planetarium and the, uh, I think it was a SETI research facility, actually, James, if I recall. And uh, I thought I would just broadcast the show into space. That clip featured another infringement. 
It featured Sir Bob Geldof. And if I recall, one of the bylaws was that Bob Geldof could only appear in your show once per year. He's only appeared once. Yep. He has only been once. Uh, I remember it clearly. I remember thinking, oh, it's Bob Geldof. We used up... It was, I sort of think of it as rationing. Like, I've got a little ration book. I picture a ration book in my head and think, oh, Bob Geldof's uh, appeared. He's crashed through the ceiling. Better rip out a token in the old ration book because I can't be using that again for another year. And why would I believe you after all the lies you told me today? Um, our, our happy-go-lucky faces, our camaraderie, the back-and-forth banter that makes our radio show a one-and-only treat for us. And all of that good feeling and enjoyment that we get from the show means that you should believe what I am saying. Yes, you should believe everything me, David, is saying about this thing. That's right, Dave. See, you're even lying about who you are. I, I know, I've listened to hours of this drivel. I know which one of you is which. Stop pretending to be the other one. What, what's that, Dave? You're arguing with yourself there because Justin, who's me, is going to leave now. Who, who's, who's in the room with me? Sorry, I'm Bob. Um, yeah, so we'll just leave now. Um, me, Justin, and you, um, Bob. Bob, yeah. Yeah. See ya. This is pathetic. Not once have I even giggled or tittered at your mindless back and forth. Are you talking about now or our radio show? I am talking about everything you've ever said in your life. I do feel like you're acting as judge during execution and that you have sort of made up your mind that we might be guilty. I have a way of dealing with people who are lying to me. Draw near, boys. Well, firstly, we're not we're not lying to you. I'm a, a very truthful young man or woman or other gender because you can't see me. And I might not be who I say I am. Or I might be. Or I might be this man. Or you. Uh, what was your point? Ow, why did you pinch me? I need your tears. Ow! The sweet, sweet nectar of the eyes will betray you. Behold my equipment. Some sort of well or something just lit up there in front of yeah, us. We can't really see anything, but we can see this... Um, Water. Watery. Yeah, watery is a good description. Yeah. Good descriptive word there, David. Watery. Uh, aqua, mm. aqua-based. L'eau. I think that's water in French. So what's going on? You're baptising us? What, what's happening? This is a Pensieve, standard-issue Ofcom equipment. It allows me to see things that you are trying to hide. Well, good luck to you. Um, hands up. Not sure what's going on, if I'm honest. Uh, what about you, David? Yeah, just live my life to the full. Uh, I love being tied to a chair in a darkened room. We could probably have a countdown, couldn't we, of uh, top five episodes we've been tied to stuff? Yeah, I'd probably put this one up there, maybe uh, third. Yeah, I'd go uh, second, if, if really? I'm honest. Yeah, only to the last time he was here and tied us up. Oh, okay, yeah, that's pretty good. This is exactly what I mean. Every time I get close to an answer, the two of you ramble on. It's maddening. Cue track four of the Pensieve tape. Watch as I stir your tears into the liquid of the Pensieve. This is the closest that any human being has ever come to time travel. Backwards only. Oh, I feel like my mind's being penetrated almost. Oh, I don't know God. if that's the right word, but that's what I'm using. Penetrated. Oh. My mind. James, I'm feeling lightheaded. I feel like I'm floating off into a, into a, into a fluidic space. I feel like the linchpin of my mind is being undone. Uh, being put into a sort of realm of possibility. <laughs> Thoughts, feelings, neural pathways, cerebellum. Take me to the darkest corner, the most remote recess of your minds. Your inner truths will be revealed. Your feelings for your friend Bob Geldof betray you. Nothing can hide from Ofcom. Yes, you are lying. I, I see it. I hear him. Discombobulation. You've met with Bob recently, haven't you? I hear him. I smell him. Show me the memory. Neocortex. Social justice. to speed yeah yeah, yeah that, 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 that'd be lovely yes well as you know the forest uh, houses many uh, weird and wonderful creatures and he he seems to have uh, formed some sort of cult around himself with the imps i'm not sure why they follow him stop revealing the secrets my boy 
Well, you and I, we have a good chemistry. It is time. Stop wafting at me. What do you mean, chemistry? <laughs> you must pick. Do you want to be on the world's greatest radio station with the world's biggest transmitter? Or do you want to be on Sound Art Radio with... Uh, I'm probably going to go with Olaf. It's, a, it's quite an easy choice, really. What? You know, he just doesn't want us to interview people. Well, you, you, you seem to really want to... Uh, and I'll block out the sun. Give me that equipment. Ah, ah. There goes both of the uh, the transmitters. So we're on board. Yes, that was that was uh, ten thousand pounds down the drain. Yes, yes. I'm glad I left the house today. Now I've eliminated the competition by destroying their equipment and leaving it as a sparking mess. I will now punish you. I have to say, you know, there's, there are there is other uh, competition. There, the, the station isn't just us two. No, but you are the local rivals, and now I've crushed you. I just have to crush the world. Imps, tie them up. Ah, get off. Uh, boys, why, why, why is this small, small child trying to put a rope around my legs? Uh, I don't know. She's managed to bow me to this oak tree, Olaf. Yes, I can see. We're all being bowed to the tree. Thank you very much, David. Just a small crowd of imps has just tied us to a tree. Right, well, now that you are tied there, there is nothing you can do to stop me. And there is no one who can stop me. Gavin Broinside. Who's, who's Gavin. That? I'm talking to you, Gavin. Who, who is this? Gavin. You're a fraud. Who on earth is saying this? That's right, Gavin. It is I, Bob. Star Bob Geldof is here to stop you. You have been on our radar for a long time. You may not realize it, Gavin, but your transmitter is so huge, it is literally blocking out the sun. Also, the radio waves you will be transmitting are so big, they're entering the core of the Earth and causing earthquakes. Think of that, Gavin. No sun for the southwest region. The teachers, the fishermen, the people that make the fishing nets, they've got no sun. And to top it all off, their gardens are vibrating like a gooden. I do not care about their gardens, Bob. Where's it coming from? I can't see anything. It's pitch black. I don't know. How many are there? There's an army. Have you got an army, Bob? Do you remember us, Bob? Can you hear me, Bob? Bob, remember? It's David and James. Please save us. You are too far away, Gavin, for me to know if you are responding or even listening to what I am saying. So I will continue to shout through the megaphone and presume that you are taking in every word I am saying. Gavin, you have destroyed part of this beautiful forest. And this is what I, Bob Geldof, am going to do. I have arrived here very swiftly on my carbon neutral Segway. I'm going to solve this problem, Gavin. You may remember, it happened to apartheid South Africa. It is now happening to modern-day Russia. And it happened to Naboo. This is a trade embargo. And I am the blockade. And Gavin... This trade embargo, this blockade, will stay here until you stop blocking out the sun and stop causing earthquakes with your radio waves. And here are the facts that support this embargo. Number one, Britain makes more money than any other country in Europe from broadcasting. Two, I don't need to listen to this. Bob, I'm coming for you. How dare you stop my plans? Oh, what's going on, Dave? Ah, oh, my, my head. Oh, what was that fictitious thing I just saw? I don't know, but I know for a fact it was fictitious. Definitely. The Pensieve never lies. It shows only the truth. You met Bob Geldof on more than one occasion. We cannot control who's hanging out in the forest. Irrelevant. He was on the show. Bylaw broken. You keep talking about bylaws, Justin. Where are these bylaws even written down? I've never heard them. Have you, David? Nope, not at a thing. Last year, I recited to you the bylaws that you had to follow for the following year. You did not broadcast them. You ignored them. You spat on the authority of Ofcom. We... I don't feel like we did that. Um, I usually have a very dry mouth, so I'd have found it very difficult yeah. to get any spittle onto Ofcom, if I'm honest. That's, I'm, I'm dry right now, look. <laughs> oh, I can have some Evian. You want proof of the bylaws? Listen to this. 
Council of Elders are not satisfied that you are not making every effort possible to try your very best to meet these bylords most of the time, then you face the small claims court or even the Ofcom Tribunal. Bylaw 1. 24% less zany. Bylaw 2. A one-show-a-year quota on appearances by Bob Geldof. Bylaw 3. A 94% decrease in giggling. Bylaw 4. A dramatic increase in female guests and those from ethnic minorities. Bylaw 5. New, original, and interesting ways to end the show. Bylaw 6. All guests must be timetabled and must not randomly appear through the door, ceiling, or any trans-dimensional portal. Bylaw 7. A tenfold increase in community outreach. And Bylaw 8. All future shows must comply with the interplanetary code as laid down by the Ofcom elders in 2000 AD, and therefore all shows must be broadcast from the planet Earth. Oh, yeah, I just totally wasn't listening. Oh, well. Yeah, I guess we just didn't care. Oh, yeah, sorry, that was really disrespectful. Yeah, but you know what? what you've, met, you've met us, haven't you? Yeah. Yeah. There's not a day go past where I don't disrespect someone, David. Really? That's right, yeah. Just earlier this month, I was disrespecting, I believe it was, the mayor of Sweden. Really? Yeah, I said it was the mayor of Sweden rather than the prime minister. Oh, cutting. Or she, I don't know. I didn't care at the time. Where's Sweden? Yeah, where is Sweden? Um, that was my tweet. I just tweeted. Uh, at who? Don't know. Well, that is disrespectful. Yeah, please, Swedes. Ugh. Get out of my salad. It's pathetic. My mind has been made up. You two have broken numerous Ofcom bylaws, and you shall be punished accordingly. Do you know what? Justin, if I'm honest, these unpaid songs I've been making aren't worth this hassle of once a year being annoyed by you for an hourly basis talking about stuff that we don't even care that much about. We don't even got a radio show anymore, so I don't care, frankly, Justin. We don't care, Justin! You are wasting taxpayers' money on this Ofcom investigation. Guilty. Guilty as charged, Justin. Can we go, please? At no point did we say we were innocent. We've been lying to you for an hour. That's been established. You say we lie, we then say, yeah, we do. And then you show us a bit more evidence. <laughs> Waste the time. Where's the tribunal? I want to get my slap on the wrist so I can go home. Sorry, I wasn't listening to your pathetic speech. I was packing away the pensive. Now, you have failed my examination and therefore you shall be punished. Well, if we're, if we're going to go off the air, let's go down in a blaze of glory, eh, David? Anything to say? That time when you're locked up with a man called Justin Kaserak, cramped in like a chicken in a coop. This'll be my last ever broadcast on the radio. You'll never again hear me say, oop. Lovely stuff, Dave, lovely stuff. I was, I was singing more, um, just more sentimental. Nationwide. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. First, I must commit the blood oath. As I slice my hand from here to there, the blood dripping from my veins, it lands in this here sacred chalice. As the blood begins to pool, it mixes with the tears of Ofcom's enemies. This sacred potion must now be splashed in the face of the guilty. Ugh! Ah! Now I must say the ancient incantation while strutting slowly and methodically around this small femur bone taken from the last Ofcom inspector to die in this room. I repeat, the incantation you taught me all those years ago. Knock, knock. I said knock, knock, boys. Oh, sorry, who's there? Ofcom. Ofcom who? Ofcom who, 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 de who. Not much of a punchline, is it? The Tribunal, Council of Twelve, please bestow yourself upon your humble servant. Dave, watch out, there's a portal opening. Ah, oh, it's green and everything. Oh, it's bright. James, I can't see! I can't move! Why have you awoken us? These two imbeciles have broken an array of Ofcom bylaws. They have failed my examination and therefore they need to be punished. 
Tribunal, I urge you, revoke their broadcasting license. You have served Ofcom well. It is clear that the two before us have committed the most heinous of crimes. Subpar content. Subpar content. Oh, sorry, guys, I'm out of sync there. Do you want to do it again, or...? <laughs> Dimesy, you're out of time to watch my slides. Jonesy the boy, are you on the council? Yeah, we will work our way onto the Ofcom council. So it's a big boys' club up here, isn't it? You know? It's a regular boys' club, eh? <laughs> rose, Rose, Rose. Justin, why don't you investigate them? Aren't they still broadcasting? Not to delve into our backstory too much, fellas, but you know, when we're frozen on ice, we astral project onto another dimensional plane. I didn't really know anyway, on this uh, astral plane, but obviously you, Jonesy. That's right, Bo. And uh, yeah, I started talking to uh, Clifford. Yeah, you got Clifford, Torrance, Jimbo. Glick. Anyway, be like, eh? Yeah, be like, lads. Oh, wait, we got to stick around. Oh, yeah. Guilty. Still their souls, eh, boo? Yeah, still. Yeah, souls. What? We talk about souls. I thought we were just going to lose our broadcasting license. We talk about souls. No, they don't have the power. They're going to revoke your license. Souls, I've never heard something so ridiculous. Dave, watch out. Some crumbling wall. What's that big crack in the back there, boo? (laughs) Oh, God, that's big. There's a big crack down the side of the wall, Justin. What's going on? What's going on? No. The facility's cracking around us. The fabric of space-time is crumbling! What caused such a ridiculous thing to happen? This very situation! Oh my god! It's happened! What? What's happened, Justin? We learned about this phenomena at the Ofcom Academy, but I never thought that it would actually come true. We've created a paradox. I'm here trying to try you for having ridiculous radio shows, and I've accidentally created the most ridiculous radio show the world has ever seen! What are you talking about? This is ridiculous. This paradox is melting the very edges of our dimension, and it is fusing with alternative realities. We've got different species entering our realm, we've got different items, we've... the, the laws of physics are being defied! You have created a paradox. It will rip apart our temporal plane. We must seal the breach quickly. Let us consume their souls. What? I had no idea. I thought they were going to revoke the license, not take your souls. Watch out, Justin, there's a flying clock. What? It's so literal. You'll save my life. Watch out, boy, your wig's coming off. No, I didn't even have a wig when we started this tribunal. Bo, why are my hands in into lobster hands, boo? I don't know. Jonesy, why don't I fancy a drink? Justin, is there any way to, to, to steal the temporal breach without us, you know, giving up our souls? The tribunal's correct. The only way to seal the quantum rip is for our souls to be consumed. Well, David, I, I think, you know, if it costs us our souls for us to save the world, I think we got to do it. Well, yeah, to be fair, I haven't really got much to live for now that I'm going to lose those nationwide uh, poems. So. That's true, that is true. You've got, you've got nothing. I've got some, but I'll give that up. Right, yeah. Uh, yeah, might as well. Let's let's go be heroes, James. Just for a day? Yeah, well, less than that. Yeah, well, yeah, it would be, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah do it. Hey, come on, save us. Jump, 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 jump. You would have these two mediocre slackers sacrifice their souls to save you, the tribunal. They mean us no malice. They are just poor at their jobs. Oh, thanks, Justin. That's quite nice, actually. They are terrible. Pathetic. No one likes them. They sometimes don't turn up. Oh, well, that's, that, that's fine. Looks like I was wrong about you two. If you're willing to sacrifice your souls to save the world, you can't be too bad at presenting a radio show. You... W- w- wait. If I was to... If I was to interfere with the temporal mechanics of the rip, maybe it might work. I could... Rather than consuming the souls of two individuals, if I was to throw my own soul in, I was the one who created the paradox. Therefore, if the rip consumes my soul, the paradox will never have been created, the rip will never occur, and we'll never be in this position again. Will we get our radio show back? Absolutely not! Well, I'll do it anyway, I think. Oh my god, look! Status quo are beating up Les Battersby! Charles, that's not normal. What's he doing here? Pat Butcher, look. Why is she looking so robotic? It seems the rip has led us into some sort of quantum parallel soap universe. David, isn't that the cow from the heartbeat credits? It is. He's being led in by Greengrass. Watch out, Dave. What's going on? A massive piece of crumbling wall just squashed Peggy Mitchell. Justin, she shouldn't be on this temporal plane. Pat, where's Frank? Where are they coming? Barry, what? Watch out, Janine's behind you. Tribunal! 
Would you watch our world burn? Would you watch as our temporal plane is invaded by soap stars? Would you stand by idle as the Mitchell brothers slaughtered and feasted upon the red meat of the heartbeat cow? Would you listen to a radio show hosted by Les Battersby? Yes, anything to stay alive, yes. I say no. I must make a stand. I, just in Kaserak, will sacrifice my soul to prevent this temporal plane from imploding into chaos. I cast asunder my Ofcom ring. What's that? It's got a ring! By the power vested in me by the great druids of old, I remove my Ofcom ring granting me the power to control time and space itself. Justin, before you go, Justin. Dave, come quickly. Justin. Is there any way that you know, as you know all the bylaws and all the laws of the land or the Ofcom tribunal, etc, etc, is there any way that we could get our radio show back? This breaks every moral fiber in my body. But if you look up Ofcom Regulation 93.74 Subsection B Roman 4 Sub 9, you will see that I have only revoked your license to perform on a comedy radio show. Boys, they're giving me the go-home cue. I throw my ring into the quantum rip thus sealing any further incursions into our world by those soapy creatures. Be gone, you soap opera creatures! Return to the Queen Vic! I now stand upon the brink of this temporarily halted quantum rip. I stand before the breach, ready to sacrifice my corporeal form to redeem these two boys, whose misdemeanors did not deserve a fate as bleak as this. I defy for the first time the Ofcom Council by thrusting my body into the breach. Remember the sacrifice of Justin Kaserak! It's still so dark in here, Justin. I can't see you. What are you doing? Why did you never untie us? If we can't do a comedy show, Justin, what can we do? There is nothing stopping you from presenting a variety show. Now here we go, boo. <laughs> Justin, wait. I didn't quite catch that. What did you say? I completely missed that last bit. I really should have concentrated a bit harder. I know. I was trying to see where Pat had gone. Yeah, they've all disappeared, haven't they? Oh. Well, that was a thing, wasn't it? Yeah, I guess at least we know that there is a way of getting the show back. You're right, David. There is a way. There is a way. We just got to find it. I agree, James. We need to search through every inch, every nook, every granny of our Ofcom library to find what Justin was referring to. We will be back on the air, James. I promise you this. Hit the books, David. Let's hit the library. Let's uh, maybe catch up a bit on Emmerdale because that seems to get overlooked. So maybe that's not on the air anymore. I'm not quite sure. Yeah, I could really go for a swift half in the wall pack after that, James. Yeah, that's a, a thing. The Quick Smart Comedy Show will return with At Its Helm. David and James. Yes, we will. I'm going to go get some of those t-shirts of, uh, with, you know, those t-shirts that Barack Obama had with hope underneath. It's going to be that with our faces on saying, hope is not lost, for we will return. It's going to be quite a small font, James. That's it will be, fair. yes. Yeah, I can't wait. I'm going to go do that now. Ugh. Who's going to untie us? Quick Smart Comedy Show, devised and performed by David and James, with Dan Davis and Bethan Highgate Betts. Theme song by Karosh Oliver Floyd. For more information and content, visit soundcloud.com/quicksmart and follow us on Twitter at quicksmartshow. Quick Smart Show.